You are listening to Pullin' Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association. Brought to you by Simplot, a forward-thinking company committed to bringing next-level innovation and solutions to turf managers from coast to coast. Here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Tim Krieger. Hey, welcome in to episode five of Pulling Weeds. Alan Knight here with my co-host, Tim Krieger. How are you, Tim? Doing well today, Alan. Thank you. We are in the beautiful clubhouse of Quell Hollow Country Club in Charlotte, interviewing Keith Wood. What do you think about this room, Tim? I'm just admiring the beams. I didn't see those. It's very. We are in the library bar. Are we? Yes. I know there's a bar behind us. Yes. Well, and through those doors right there is the library. Beautiful. You want to check out a book while you're here? I don't think you check them out. What's the last book you've checked out from the library? Do you know? Uh, nope. I'll share mine. A guy from the Howard Stern Show, comedian Artie Lang, put out a book called Too Fat to Fish. And I went to the public library in Richland, and when I asked them, do you have this book, Too Fat to Fish, the lady started giggling immediately. <laughs> she said no. No, they had it. It was in. I read it. You can get. Oh, you can go. You can man. go check out slashes. I, think, I just blame technology for my library lack lack thereofage. Oh, now you if you sent me to the Dewey Decimal System, I couldn't do anything. Oh no, I could probably still run through that now. That's fine. That makes sense. That's logical. It's you know it's organized. <laughs> it's I get that. You you send me to podcast and it says search and the screen goes blank and there's just a little tablet thing up there. I don't know what to do. Uh, what do I search for? Dewey Decimal. I can here we go. It's written. Everything's written down. I can go look at it. You think they still use the Dewey Decimal system? They have to, right? You're the one who was just in a library, Alan. This you was, tell me. This was five or six years ago, minimum. I'm thinking it's been at least twenty five. <laughs> uh, well, no, no, no. It would have been in ninety six or seven. College. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking I went to college. I think I, I'm thinking I went to college. <laughs> I'm thinking I went to the library when I was there. Yes, sir. Southeast Regional Conference. At, went well. At the Madrin Center. Yes, went very well. Did go well. I thought that was a great day. Yeah. You did a great video coming out of that thing, Thank too. you. Thank you. That was a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was doing some photos. Somebody sent me a note that said, man, you had a lot of speakers before noon. Hope lunch was good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lunch was great, man. That whole place. I was very impressed. I'd never been to the Walker course, and I don't know why I thought it, I don't know why I thought it was a lower-end course, but, man, I, my jaw dropped when we pulled in there. You know, it's funny you say that because I guess when feedback, when you give feedback, you remember it, right? It strikes you. Right. And this conference in particular, I've had, I think you're the fifth person now who said those facilities, they, they referenced the facilities. Right. Well, were, were, were nice. You yeah. know, whether it was the rooms that we stayed in right there at the Martin Inn or um, the ballroom and then the golf course. Don, obviously, I mean, those tees were spot on. Greens were great. For Zoysia Greens? Can't beat it. Yeah, I saw somebody said on Twitter uh, while they were there, said, you you have doubts about Zoysia Greens come to Walker Gorse. Without question. Yeah. In fact, we during our conference and show committee planning, we had Don on a panel just to speak specifically about transitioning to Zoysia. And he called me, and he's like, how many people do you think are even going to want to know or take this class? Because it's a specific niche, right? It's not for everybody, as right. he even said. But I said, no, that's what you're doing it's impressing people the mad scientist pat o'brien was there leading the show kind of mad scientist pat o'brien well said <laughs> am i wrong there was i took a picture and he looked like a mad scientist i mean just the way he when he gets going man talking about turf and i love it well alan you know it's gonna be a good conference today you know as a non-turf guy i do enjoy i mean i don't know a thing about fungicides i know a fungicide something you use okay and i'm sure Kill it kills fungus. right right but just hearing the data and and what the science and the thought process that goes behind the applications. It's not just oh, I got some fun fungi. Let me kill. Put some fungicide on. There's a reason and a and the the research that goes into this stuff, man, is crazy. So how do we get the greens committees and all the members of greens committees and chairmans around the country to understand what you just said right there? I think you got to send them to a conference one time and let them sit through a nematode talk, and <laughs> which I'm still looking forward to a nematode talk. I haven't heard one yet, but wow, that's yeah. amazing to me. I think it's my favorite turf word, nematode. And do you say nema or nema? 
uh, I guess I say Nema. What is it? It depends on who you talk to. Dr. Martin likes to say nematode. What do you do when you need more frogs? You need more toads. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been holding that one back for a while. Oh, that could be the intro for this week. What else? More toads? <laughs> what got me, though, was the mowers, the robotic mowers talk. I found that very fascinating. So, for years, why would we be scared of robots? Because it's going to take jobs. Right, right. right. Like, we've seen it happen in factories. We've seen it happen in automation business, et cetera. So now when you bring it into this industry, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Take jobs. Right. Well, where are we today? We got labor issues. I got you. We can't find enough people to work. And so depending on where this transition point falls, like I was talking to a distributor the other day who's got one of these units coming out within the next 6, 12 months or something like that. and. They're thinking it's going to come on and be a potential hit because if you can replace a person who you couldn't hire right. with a machine that can do the job, yep. man, it's just how can you not look at that option? And so what I hope doesn't happen is this downward trend in labor that we don't completely replace everything with robotics to the point where when the labor demand comes back up, we, don't, we can't fill it. Yeah. Never thought about that aspect of it i just thought it was not that you can sit at your office and mow the greens but but you can do a degree and i don't know if it's necessarily the the technicality of a green not to say that there's not much different than a fairway but i think most of them are going to be fairway and rough units at this point i could be wrong okay well no but there are some greens you're right the what i heard and and what was really i thought interesting in the talk was i believe it was club cadet presenting was that correct they might have or cadet uh club cadet but Cub, uh, Cub Cadet, Club Cadet, Club one Cadet, of the two, yeah, yeah. Um, but they admitted that you know Gen One, there was a few issues, and they've learned, and they're they're coming out with a better model. And the, I mean, hearing them talk about price points, which your superintendents have to come in under a budget, man, it's sure it's interesting. It's crazy to start though. Now you're starting to to cross uh, line items, labor, uh, and machines. Wow. Right? Like, are you going to take from there to put to there? I got you. So, anyhow. Yeah. It was that's great. way too serious, Alan. On the light and frivolous side of life, Yeah, how you been, man? I'm good. I'm good. It's a beautiful time of year. Yeah? Yeah. Lovely day out today. I am so... Right now, I've got, I've got this church thing going on. We're doing this big play, and I am... I've been at church every day. Are you Moses? No, I'm the technical director. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. There is a lot of the man who Je- plays Jesus. I think thinks he really is Jesus. But oh, wow, this whole passion play and uh, I mean, it's I'm thinking I spend six, seven hours a day, and we got our performances coming up this Sunday, the April seventh. I'm ready for that to be done, and I concentrate on Carolinas and the beautiful weather. So it rained the last time we recorded a podcast. It did, and then it was super nice. Yeah. And then we decided we had to record another one. And what happened? Yeah, here we are. It's raining. I believe you said you wanted to talk about conference and show, didn't you? Uh, well, yeah, we could talk a little bit about conference and show if you want to, Alan. What are you going to do at show this year? Are you really going to have that dude come down and put on another big owl suit with you? Big money. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ryan, if Ryan will do it, I mean, he's not going to be in the entire video, but he certainly will have a cameo of some kind. He's going to need to do some hair regrowthing based yeah, on the last picture I saw of him because he looks more like big change than big money. Well, in the, in the podcast, he said I was a third distant beard category, and now he just totally took himself out of the category when he's shaved. Gone. Yeah. And the funny I, thing is he paid somebody to shave him. I think you're going to be shaved very soon. How soon? Probably a week or two by the time Keith's tournament's over. Once we get the May 1st, May 2nd data in. Here's the memo. Okay. I'm shaving regardless. Uh, oh, you're <laughs> going to Augusta? Hot. No, uh, I am going to Augusta, but it right. is getting hot. I got you. Yes. Did you give Keith pulling weeds, though? Keith has his pulling weeds, as it's affectionately known, pod swag. <laughs> <laughs> pod swag. Yes, and we have some more pod swag coming, if you will. But regardless, we were going to talk about conference and show. Yeah. And big money. Well, big money is just a, a small thing. What am I going to do? I'm going to take a lot of photos. We're going to do some videos. Probably Correct. some interviews, maybe some podcasting while we got people there. Well, it's crazy. So it's 
we're recording in May. This will come out in we're recording, sorry, recording April. in April. Yeah, this will come out first in May, and uh, we have already. I mean, I think most of our commitments for our conference and show partners are in at this point in time. Good, um, and we've got some some really exciting things going on, uh, especially this year with uh, Top Golf coming back. Uh, I think we talked about it before, and it looks like um, our friends over at TSP are going to take over and um, partner that, and then we'll probably have a couple other folks as well to help out with that. So I'm always good to see our corporate support, and then I think we'll probably have uh, a number of them. Our mainstays will be Smith Turf and Irrigation is going to help with the golf tournament. John Deere will take care of the 27-hole challenge yet again. Um, and then Syngenta is our big partner with our education. I think we're going to have – Golly, just shy of 30 classes this year, Alan. That's awesome. I'm going to do a uh, site visit on that top golf for you this weekend. Down in Myrtle Beach? Next weekend, next weekend, yeah. Down in Myrtle Beach? Yep. I'm going to take the kids down there. When we do, uh, I could say, April on our YouTube channel, Jim Huntoon, our member profile. What a guy. Yep, that released April 15th, and today is April 5th, and I'm going to film it on April the 12th. So that weekend, uh, we're going to – got to tell you something scary, too. He texted me yesterday, and I think I may have told you this privately. So he and I are back and forth talking about the profile schedule, and, he, and then all of a sudden he says, one of my assistants knows you. And my immediate reply was, uh-oh, you know, <laughs> that can't be good. And uh, Kent Fields, kid I grew up with, kind of him and his sister, um, or at least in kind of high school. So it's going to be good to reconnect with Kent, go down there and see it. He, Kent was actually the guy I was going to apply to work for Chuck Green, 18-year-old, just wanted a job. And then the golf shop at Florence Country Club hired me instead of Chuck. Mm. So Kent was on the maintenance staff under Chuck. His dad was friends with Chuck Green. And looking forward to that and getting down there to the Heritage Club with Mr. Huntoon. But you so can, he's still friends with Chuck after working for him? I would think so. His dad was friends with Chuck. We got you. Yeah. Yeah. Jim's a great guy. He's always willing to help out down at the beach. Just association matters, et cetera. Um, you know, put people on at his golf course. Etc. I think I heard they played 280 rounds the other day. I wouldn't doubt it. Dude, is that mathematically possible? How many holes does he have? 18. Oh, mm. that's slow. You better start at sunrise. It's like two double shotguns. Yeah. It's like a qualifier for an SCGAM or something. Nah, they wouldn't ever get 84 as you're going to max out there. But he, uh, he did. He said their drone, he told me to bring the drone. They're ready, in good shape. Take him some good craft beer, too. Is he a craft beer guy? I think so. I might show up with one. I think that's what I see on Instagram. Okay. Yep. Always uh, highlights the family, which I love, the dog, and his people. That's the cool yeah. thing about what he does is he showcases his people that work for him. A lot. Of, I got a feeling his philosophy at work is kind of what we talk about maybe with Keith here in a little bit, too. And talking about dogs, and we can talk about Keith's dog, I'm very – I love golf course dogs. I think we need to start a little Twitter campaign showing those off eventually. Uh, I think it'd be the fun. Car- I think dogs it'd be of the Carolinas. We had a board member a couple years ago who wanted to do a calendar. That would be awesome. Dogs of turf. Oh, I but thought you meant like me. Three and you. of them out there. Really? Yeah. Well, we can let's do a nematode calendar. It's not one of those, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Today or this month, it's the sting nematode. <laughs> Nothing uh, like nothing like slides of nematodes. Let's, let's for you get to with stare at the whole let's year. get with Doctor Burt McCarty and just come up with the best weed calendar we can come up with. The mutations and <laughs> what you don't want to see. If you see this, you're you're in trouble. Oh my gosh, that would be funny. Nobody else is selling a weed it. calendar. Well, you know, I'm sure there's other weed calendars, but I'm talking about a it's agricultural coming, turf. Enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah, something like one of the 15 books that he wrote. We got Bert. We got to get some of Bert on here. We got to, we got some clips. We got to get a Bert and you and the orange grass conversation somehow. That'll that'll come out eventually. Nice. I enjoy sitting on good material like that. I know we got I mean, that was a great interview, and it'll yeah. come out eventually. So what we're doing is we're we're putting some back behind the scenes stuff together. Potential secondary series, maybe yet to be named, uh, with maybe just some insider, some industry folks, insiders, if you will. Uh, we always want to keep the superintendents at the first of the month. 
Simplot is a leader in bringing new and innovative technologies to the turf management industry, specializing in fertility and plant protection. Simplot has an extensive line of unique and proprietary products that have a great fit in any management program. Most importantly, Simplot is all in when it comes to your success. Simplot, bringing Earth's resources to life. Let's talk about, there's something I've been, for ever since episode one or two, I've been meaning to come back to because it may have come across bad. When I was, I said, we only worked together for one year at the SCGA, and it felt like three or four. And I, I did have a little sarcasm, but honestly, when, when you and I were talking and you said you came over here in 07, is that right? October 07. Yeah, and that's when I realized we only worked a year together, a little, little more than a year, which surprised me because I honestly felt like we worked together two to three years. But I guess it was because I would see you at the golf ball. You still came to the Monday after the Masters. We worked together at the Tiger Golf Gathering, and you were still around. So I wanted to clarify that. I wasn't totally just trying to be a jerk. Uh, so we did work together for a couple of years. Yeah, I guess too. Just not in, by the same employer. We yeah. volunteered at the same events. I wasn't. Or you, you weren't volunteering. <laughs> you had to work those events. I was volunteering them after I left. It was a form of volunteering. I mean... <laughs> I feel like I financially volunteered the entire time I worked there. I'll just say... Um, well, Hap did say you practice poverty. I'll put it that way. I like Keith's philosophy a lot better. I'll just say that. Gotcha. Gotcha. We'll leave that there. I love the positivity. I love it. I love the fact that the first reaction is how do you solve the problem, not how do you blow your lid, flip out, yell at 38 people, and then come back and say, what was the problem again? Right, right. Because by then, you can smile, figure it out with two calm minds, and have it solved. And as he said, you, you, it comes with age and comes with experience. You, sure. You know. Yeah, we all got to screw up at first. I remember, you know, my first retail gig, and I, I jokingly say I ruled it with an iron fist. And sure, we were successful, but nobody on that team wanted to talk to me, you know. And now all I want to do is have a successful team where I feel like everybody around me, you know, we all want to just spend time with each other and enjoy what we do. Right. So... I want, to, I want to talk. Have I ever shared to screw up about the uh, two greens and the grasses on the air? I don't believe I have at Florence Country Club. So Did you spray? Didn't spray. I was a cart kid. I was probably 18 or 19. Chuck Green was superintendent. Jeff Cannell was his assistant. Okay. And they were airifying, or I think maybe it wasn't airifying. I helped airify one time. I went and picked up plugs with a big, wide snow shovel. I'm doing with, you know only reason they sell snow shovels in south carolina is for greens airification i did see on twitter (laughs) did you see a guy how they uh there's a new method of the guy scooping up walking right behind it It was pretty cool yeah they have machines for that too now oh okay sorry (laughs) going (laughs) we'll talk about that later so maybe we were we were we were putting more seed they had bent grass at florence country club at the time and number 11 to 17 are parallel right greens are right beside each other he was doing pen cross on one green and A1 bent grass on another green, comparing the two. I didn't know this. Like Again, they, he put me on the cedar, the spreader, and so I ended up, did a few holes, ran out of seed, and just grabbed what I had and dumped it in there. And uh, I told, I can't remember what happened, but I definitely put A1 and pen cross on the one green where he won, and Jeff Cannell knew it. Jeff was assistant, and he said, uh, He's like, Shh, don't say a thing, and he kind of covered it up for me. So, so to this day, yeah, that's just now in there. Chuck, if hopefully Chuck Green, which he probably won't listen to our podcast, but he now finds out that can, that Green was double seated. Yeah, and the statute of limitations hopefully is up on that, and he won't kill me. But <laughs> I think that's absolutely I know. Great. I need to I need to ask Jeff if he remembers so, that. Was it eleven or was it seventeen that the problem is because. That could lend to some long-range stories that we well, they're, about that all. They're Bermuda grass now, but uh, so oh. 11 definitely was one type, and then 17 was two types of grass, which <laughs> probably didn't help the test. So, oh, And going back to the last podcast about transitioning from our faith into our landscaping, you said, <laughs> I don't believe my grass is coming back. No matter how. Alan, why do we continue to have the same common denominator on every podcast? You and your yard struggles. I, it's awful. I've got this one strip in the backyard that's beautiful, but the front yard is... Do you have trees? Lots. Does the ground see light? Yeah. Like a lot of it? I think so. Believe me, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to 
hit people up on Twitter here soon. Maybe let Pool and Weezer retweet my tweets. And About what? Trying to figure out how to grow grass? Yeah, I just need some advice. <laughs> my next step is just go to Modern Turf and say, hey, how much do I have to pay you a month to do all this stuff? I almost suggested you call Hank over there and say, hey, can I get the artificial stuff in the front yard? I would do it in a heartbeat. They sell artificial turf? Yeah. Another one of our conference and show partners there, Hank. Right. Maybe. Modern turf. A lot of people walk on my street, so maybe I'll get them to do it as a advertisement. Put a little sign out there, like service by weed man or something. I'll put modern turf on the front of my house if you look through the yard. Uh, they do have a cool logo. <laughs> they do, and there's one right right near the house too. But I guess we need to keep this short. Okay, we're gonna go long with Keith. I love it. Yeah. Now it's time to welcome in our pulling weeds special guest. All right. Uh, nervous, Big Al. You all right? Yeah, I'm just checking these volumes. Your notes. There's not many notes. I noticed. We don't use them anyway. I know, but it always looks good when we do the video thing, and I got like a pen in my hand. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it, a, it sounds like you like guys are scrolling through a list of things. We have been before, but this one you're gonna. Well, Alan's got his name tag on, so that's a plus. God dang! The only reason I'm wearing this because I've done I've done like two conferences with him, and I haven't worn it yet. So I figured, like I said, Quell Hollow, I'm going to show up and be proper. I wasn't gonna. So you're wearing our logo and a golf association shirt. I, I need more shirts from you then. How many have I given you? One. Okay. And I have like you need <laughs> 20 of these. <laughs> I came work for one week and I got seven. <laughs> I bet. All right. Well, there we go. On you. Here we are. Quail Hollow. The beautiful Quail Hollow, Charlotte, North Carolina with Keith Wood. Thank you, Keith, for having us. It's my pleasure. Uh, we'll see if you say that when this is over. But uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful place. It is a rainy day. Rainy day. Early April. But this will air the week of your tournament. How's that going? Fantastic. Uh, you know, tournament setup is uh, is going really good. We're uh, we're on pace, but like you said, today's a rainy day, um, and uh, you can't t- have too many rainy days when you're three weeks out because there's just so much stuff that's got to get done. So it it piles up on us for sure. So are you sending guys out today, or did you send them all home like everybody else I talked to on the way over? No, we we took the opportunity to train everybody on how to mow in the rain and what to do and you know where to squeegee and what what catch basins to remove and uh you know we had a good morning this is my second change in clothes so you know nice. I, I believe in leadership and lead by example and you know we, we all got out there and got soaking wet uh together they do that a lot here well before we dive into the, the hard logistics and questions i have for that let's bring up tim tim shared with me that you let him mow clean up for the first time ever during a tournament well before that he's laughing he pointed at me about squeegeeing because monday the pga championship were out here and that's what we all got to do was squeegee yeah for tournament setup week that morning what so you i learned to squeegee what'd you squeegee well how many fairways did we squeegee that morning Ooh. Uh, I, I got to you on number 10 oh yeah kind of pulled pulled you guys off of it on 10 so we, we squeegeed about 10 holes and learned how to squeegee we got a bunch of volunteers that needed to yeah. be trained on how to properly squeegee i got just surprised they had 732 squeegees hanging on the wall here. I would like to be your squeegee salesman. <laughs> no, there weren't that many, but it was amazing that we all had one. Okay, let's go over that real quick. Proper squeegee method. Push down. you got to put pressure from the top. Ooh. Well, you, you don't want to have too much pressure. No, no, you're, no. You're, you're not looking to move the grass. You're just looking to kind of help the water move along. Hmm. You want to just keep it from bouncing in your hands. So there could be. If you get a good flat roller or a new one, oh, it's a smooth operation. But you get some of those old that have a little bend to them, and they go wop 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 wop. You can see those marks too. So then you got to you got to put a little pressure on. It's not that I squeegeed much that week, other than every morning squeegee damage. Well, uh, you know, he had, he was on dew control as well, so he had to <laughs> squeegee the pro walk, so that way the players, when they, you know, in the morning rounds... You, you squeegee the dew. You get the dew off the pro walk, so that way they can walk from Every the hole. tee to the fairway and not get the shoes wet. Um, Tim was our squeegee guy. He had Chuck help, helped out quite a bit. And Travis, the guy with Tweet of the Month. Right. That's what we right, talked right. about a couple podcasts oh, ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's when I got to meet Travis. But it was good for you. You, you, you came to us at that time... You were in your walking mode. You were, you're all healthy, and um, you know I had a job for you. You could walk a couple miles every morning, and it was great. I did. And you one did a afternoon, fantastic job. I got to backpack blow the whole golf course, 18 holes as well. So I think I had like 38,000 steps that day or something. It was great. Probably a good experience. Though. It was awesome. Yes. But anyways, back to the mowing. Who, 
Not mowing. Yeah, he didn't get to tell the mowing okay, story. The mowing story. The mowing story. All right, so uh, uh, Wyndham Championship uh, 2000, you remember what year it was? 14, maybe. Okay. 13. It was one of those 12. years. And uh, so Tim comes and volunteers. You know, I've been on him for a couple of years. Hey, Tim, you, know, you really need to come to our PGA tournaments and see what it's about, see what your association members are doing and see the setup. And he, he agreed. Um, and he wrote on his volunteer form, I will do anything but mow grass. Something to that effect. Nothing right? that shows up on TV, basically. <laughs> anything with a, with a starter or a motor attached to it, probably not good for me. So that's why he got squeegeed for the PGA Championship. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, so I was working with Gene Westbrook, our equipment manager. I said, Gene, man, let's, let's pull something on Tim. And this was Sunday morning, so it was our final shift. And Tim had made it through the entire week, and we were so proud of him. Um, I said, let's set up a mower and let's get Tim to mow the fairway cleanup. So with the triplex. And seriously, I thought that during the morning meeting when I said, Tim Krieger, you're on fairway cleanups. You're on triplex number 67 or whatever. I really thought Tim would kind of step backwards and hide in the crowd and just kind of drift off and be gone. And we'd never see Tim again. Right. No, Tim pranked me. The prank was on me. Because Tim stepped up and says, where's the mower? <laughs> I am on it. Next thing you know, it's, you know, it's pitch black dark. It's you know, early August, 5 o'clock in the morning, so you can't see. It's pitch black. I run out there, and I find Gene. I said, Gene, where's Tim? He's like, he's out there mowing the fairway clamps. I was like, did you show him how to engage the reels? <laughs> he's like, you told me he was going to be mowing, so I showed him how to mow. So he had the reels on, engaged in the dark never been on a triplex before Beautiful. and never driven my one. heart stopped it skipped beating <laughs> a couple times and so i'm starting i'm i'm running out in the fairway like oh my gosh what's going to happen next but lo and behold tim pranked me because he did it he made all 18 holes he didn't make a mistake wow and he showed me what he's made of that's awesome good job man no it wasn't quite that exciting so <laughs> on one I finished on one and Keith's standing at the green with his arms crossed I'm like oh and Gene take the baskets off Tim do it again sir yes sir so I jump right back on I do one again and I'm like oh I can see the line now there's no basket in the way but where's the grass going because it's getting all over the place right and there weren't supposed to be blades right. yeah so on two I kind of trimmed it in a little bit by the T. I noticed that, oh, that goes into the rough a little bit and shows a little yellow, so we don't do that anymore. But anyways, yeah, so it was probably the sixth hole before my body relaxed enough where I didn't feel like I was going to throw up and poop at the same time because that's how I felt for six holes, thinking I'm going to screw this up for somebody. And you didn't. No, and then we get back in at lunch, and he puts his arm around me. He's like, you've got blah, 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 steel, you know, type deal. He's yeah. like, I didn't think you'd do it in well, front of everybody. And I'm like, and I'm here to work. You, you, you called me. That is a good story. Yeah, it was pretty good. Who was your agronomist you deal with? Is it Bland? Bland. Nice. Yeah, but I work with Chuck Green now, not Chuck Green from the Carolinas. Right. Different Chuck Green with the PGA Tour, but Bland was my agronomist uh, for the seven Wyndham Championships. Gotcha. That I was gotcha. at okay. Sedgefield for. Uh, you, good switch. I mean, what's it like going from one? I, it's not a major venue, but obviously a high end. This hosting the PGA Tour is a high end course. I mean, going from one host to another, how's that? Um, it's great. Yeah, I've really enjoyed the switch uh, coming to Quail Hollow. There's, uh, you know, there's a standard of excellence here uh, um, that really fits um, my mentality and my team's mentality, and, and it comes down from the leadership. We just have a great time with it. Uh, um, and, you know, we had a great time at uh, Sedgefield as well. Yeah. Um, it's it's funny working at Sedgefield. I was hired by the members, worked for them for a little while, answered to a you know a, a board and a president, and then um, worked for a management company. Came in, worked for the management company for a little while, and then Mr. McConnell bought it and worked for his group for a little while. So Sedgefield was so much fun because like there's so many different variables coming at me every couple years. Uh, it kept me on my toes, and yeah. <laughs> you know it, it was a lot of fun learning what um, each group wanted. Right, um, but here we're kind of stable uh, at, at Quail Hollow. It's um, you know it's the it's the best every day. When did you come to Quail Hollow? I got here in May 2015. Okay, so it was two weeks before the 2015 um, 
Wells Fargo Championship, which nice. was which was kind of exciting because I you know I didn't I didn't know any of the staff and they're preparing for a major tournament and I kind of step in and you know I'm I'm trying to be their leader so my deal was just just make one good decision a day for the staff and earn their respect and earn their trust incrementally and yeah. uh, as soon as we get through this tournament we can start implementing you know the things that I wanted to do and uh, it, it worked out good very it, very happy here and I I'm sure the tour and and the staff here. It's not like you were first time going to be overwhelmed with a tournament either. You had you had hosted tournaments before, so yeah, I think that's uh, what helped me get my foot in the door. Yeah, really is, uh, you know, having uh, hosted tournaments in in the Carolinas and growing grass in the Carolinas all my career, um, knowing uh, the seasons and what to do and what not to do with the yeah. Carolinas weather is right. uh, it definitely worked in my favor. And I, I I like to say I just I interviewed very well one day. I hear you. And it was, the only, it was the only opportunity I needed, and I took advantage of it. Good for you. Now, have you ever left the Carolinas? No. Never? Born, Never. raised, school, jobs? I was born in Augusta, uh, okay. raised in Bamberg, South Carolina. Bamberg? Bamberg, yes. So uh, my first first golf course I ever worked on was Paw Paw Country Club there in wow. Bamberg, South Carolina. So you want to talk about oh, that's great. Uh, that's from city. Bamberg to Quail Hollow? I think the city's now purchased Paw Paw. Yes. Turn into a recreation. That's a story in and of itself. Yeah. I hope some yeah, of the national folks are listening. They should do a cover story. Paul Paul used to give the range bags, I mean, the range balls out in like food line grocery bags that you have little plastic bags. It's it's quite different. Yeah. It's quite different uh, uh, from where I am, where I was, and where I am now. And, right. you know, it's funny because I had a conversation with one of our assistant superintendents uh, yesterday who's getting ready to graduate. You know, it's it's time for him to. Uh, go out and become a uh, superintendent somewhere and he, he keeps telling me yeah you know I, I think I want to uh, go for a really 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 high-end assistant job be the top assistant somewhere I'm like dude what's wrong with you go be a superintendent go feel the weight right you know um, good advice you, you don't have to go to the high-end club right out right out of the gate right yeah go feel the weight of making decisions you know that that and that's kind of what I did I, you know I went to Florence Country Club right and had a great time at Florence Country Club and learned so much yeah good track in fact we're I want to talk about Florence before we go further that path. was your first superintendent full-time superintendent yes so I worked for Kevin Redfern at, at uh, the Grandover Resort and wow. I was a superintendent but I was under Kevin okay so again I didn't feel the weight of decisions I didn't feel you know when I got called into the boardroom you know I can answer questions sure but Kevin's tail on the line, not mine. Yeah. And then when I went to Florence, and it was mine, and that's when you learn, and that's when you become an adult, and that's when you learn uh, the the decisions that you make and the impact that they have. Steve Bear, you work with Steve Bear, the golf brother. Love Steve Bear. Steve Bear loves you. I called him last night and asked for a couple tips, and he uh, he was telling me about Abby, your dog. Yes. That they she used to love the towels so much. I guess out the golf carts they had to start buying extra towels because Abby would always steal the towels. Abby would steal the towels. She had a towel fetish, which was good because I I'd, I'd rather Steve have to buy towels and I told him this than to have to buy golf balls because <laughs> when a dog gets a golf ball fetish and starts chewing them up on a golf course that's not good. Right. right. But so the, uh, the the towel fetish. I got a funny story about Abby too. It's not at Florence, but uh, it was at the Wyndham. Uh, Sergio Garcia had a white towel on his bag and that's what it was Steve got her hooked on white towels <laughs> and she took off after that towel and I couldn't get her and she was pulling on that towel and, and Sergio was great man he took the he took the towel off his bag and actually played tug with her wow that's oh. cool. turned to pro-am <laughs> and loved it and, and you know that's whenever I became a Sergio fan and then he went on to win uh the Wyndham championship a few years later but uh that's cool you no know, Abby loved towels uh, he also said that he was watching the PGA Championship on the coverage, a blimp shot, and he saw a dog walking. And he, he, he called Keith on the phone and said, hey, is that you and Abby? He's like, oh, yeah, right behind me. And he said he thinks she had a towel in her mouth that day too. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if she did. She, yeah. she, you know, she's a golden retriever. You know, they, they, they're mouth dogs. Oh, they have yeah. to have something, tennis ball. And uh, Steve's cart towels were her thing. I hear you. Let's, let's go over a couple employees there. Cody. You know Cody the cart guy? Oh, yeah, I know Cody. Cody and I went to high school, and the whole reason he got his job was I was putting up carts by myself at night, and Cody would somehow would end up at the club. That's when we were in the trailers. And I was paying him my tip money to help me wash carts, 
And after a month, I said, can we hire the guy instead of me paying him out of my pocket? And Cody's been there since. That's great. Yeah. Cody, Cody's fantastic. Uh, yeah. So the cart barn was uh, not attached to the clubhouse. They didn't have a basement. So you had to pull the carts out and trains of four or six or something like yeah. that. And uh, it, it was always fun watching Cody in the morning try to get the carts hooked up when they didn't hook up properly because – you know, yeah. Cody had a little bit of a temper and, yeah. uh, you know, a little bit of an edge to him. And uh, You could hear We it. had fun with Cody. Let's talk about Alvin. It's almost like when you, when you inherit employees, you certainly know Alvin's going to be a lifetimer there, and you don't want to disrupt the apple cart or put him in a bad situation. So how do you uh, – first, when you come into a place, how do you not upset the apple cart? Who's Alvin? So Alvin Weatherford is his name. Alvin's a lifelong employee of the Florence Country Club, um, kind of a special needs oh, guy. And I've he also had him. some gout, but um, uh, Alvin took care of our bunkers. And you know, he, you know, he did a little bit of landscaping and things like that. Uh, but uh, his, his thing for me was we got him trained on a Sam Pro. Nice. And he spun those bunkers every day. And That's he cool. spun them to the best of his ability. And it's one of those things. You don't upset the apple cart, but what you do is – if somebody's got a passion for something, you go ahead and give it to them and let them show, you know, right. that they can do it and let he, them have that. And, was, and that's what we did with Alvin. Alvin was always me, the clubhouse guy, doing the flowers, watering the flowers, arranging the flower beds, fly mowing the little areas that needed fly mowing. You couldn't get a mower on. But you stop and talk to him. He's going to talk about Wahoo McDaniel and wrestling. He, that, that's his big <laughs> thing. So. Yeah, he loved wrestling. That's it's no wonder y'all got along, Alan. <laughs> I still see he's still there, and I still see him. Probably not many guys from my day that were there other than Alvin. Unless Booty was there. Was Booty there? Booty was there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Booty was great for me. So when I, when I got to Florence, Booty was running the crew. Oh, wow. Because they were leaderless and, yeah. uh, for a little bit. And Booty was running the crew, and that wasn't his forte. Right. Uh, so everybody was a little bit edgy at Booty and uh, kind of <laughs> took the heat off of him a little bit and let him go back to mowing grass because he just right. loved to mow grass. Right, and, right. You know, once again, it – you know, it, it worked out. Last name I'm going to throw, and this one I just popped in my head, Mike C. Oh, yes. Okay. I've got some good Mike C stories. We'll save those for off air. You got it. Yeah. They need to be saved. But right. I think Mike's, Mike was still there uh, like five years ago. I got a letter from Mike. Wow. Yeah. Wow. A letter or an email saying, can I come play? No, it was right. a letter. Time out, though. There's one day I was working with the Golf Association. I don't know. I, I would say it might not have been during your – it wasn't during your tenure. But Carol Davis's yard was off of eight fairway. And for some reason he thought it'd be nice he'd be nice and go mow her yard while he was doing eight real quick and got the mower stuck in this area between the road and the fence and I just remember going by and he's flipping out and not trying to let whoever find out because he probably would have been fired that day. I mean he was always up for firing kind of but anyway. What's the deal with hitting balls into the shop? Yeah. Do you ever have any so eighteen, the maintenance shed? at Florence is right there. If you hook a tee shot, it's going to go into maintenance shed. And Craig Harris oh, yeah, had his windshield cracked and was unhappy. Did you ever have any balls come in and do any damage? No. Yeah. No. Only only damage we did to cars. I actually did it. Uh, so Sam Fryer was my assistant. Yep. I got lucky when I got Sam as assistant. And I come flying around the corner with the sprayer. That's an old Han sprayer. And I didn't bungee the, the uh, boom in. I came flying around the corner, and the bungee and the boom came out, smacked Sam's brand-new Explorer. Ooh. He had just got this car, too, and I felt so bad. <laughs> I had to call Sam over and said, man, I just, I just dented your car. I saw Sam yesterday, actually. He's out at Columbia Country Club. Alan lives over at Columbia. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sam's good people. Man. He, he is good. He and his wife are just great. And the two kids yep. growing up, uh, you know, just couldn't be happier for Sam and the position he's put himself in. Yeah, I'm happy to see him where he is. We worked together way back then. and Didn't she work in Florence at one point, too? His Sam. Wife? I don't know his wife. Uh, she did. That's what I thought, because she was commuting once he moved over to the other gig. Correct. At, at Wood Creek, and she was commuting back and forth from Columbia to Florence. That's. I don't know if she's still doing that or not. She is not. No. She, she's so good at her job, her company says, hey, go work at home. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so it worked out. That's why a good transition for Sam over to a little bit more. What's one of your biggest challenges that you face? Well, uh, it, it's got to be staff. You know, I think this whole the whole industry it's it's about maintaining, motivating, 
you know, creating the culture where, where people want to come to work every day and do a good job. Uh, uh, that, that's our definitely our biggest challenge is ma- making sure that we are able to do everything that we need to do every day. On the opposite side of that, not challenge, what's very rewarding, uh, you know, maybe even tournament time, what's something that, you know, a special surprise you may get or your, your staff may get during that time, interaction with players, a, a nice meal or? Well, uh, I guess for me, the reward is is when the staff does buy into what we're doing and they do a great job. And next thing you know, they take the ball and run with it, so to speak. But uh, for them, uh, I think that uh, I think they enjoy seeing the course come around when you put in all the hours and right before the tournament and everything just kind of comes together. Right. And the excitement builds like we're having it right now uh, with all the tents and grandstands going up and the pine straws going down and. Grass looks good. Spring is here. Um, yeah. it, everybody's just really, really jazzed up. See, I would think you talk about mowing your area. If I was mowing, let's say, the cleanup, and there was not a ruling but a, a major moment with the final group, I'd be like, you know more about that seven feet of grass than anybody else does. You know, you've tended to it. I think that's – Oh, I had a vision of a little spot where some guy was in a divot between the damn first cut and the fairway, and they were showing it on 17, and he didn't get his car, and it was because I cut it They're back. taking a drop. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I definitely had that yeah. going on. I could but how about – so you talk about the staff, right? So when I came here for that week, I noticed just the – the air around the place when you walk in in the morning right it's such like positivity i would say was the main aspect is what i walked away from and what i was really surprised was you not being per se the visual leader and i don't mean that in a bad way but you had your teammates you had your top three guys running the shifts they were making the announcements. They were heading up the crews. They were answering the questions. You'd come in, greet everybody, and then get out of the way and let them do their thing. And now here you are, I'm guessing. So if that was 17, you've had three different tournaments since, and you've only got one of those same three assistants around, right? Is Correct. It same, same deal? Yeah, so Shane Oman. Yep. Actually, um, um, he is still here, and I moved up to a director spot, taking on a little bit different role around here with ah. some – construction and and overseeing a few other things um that i wasn't at the pga championship and moved shane up to superintendent uh, oh wonderful yeah and so he is running running the day-to-day operation uh oh, wow. out there on the golf course he communicates with the pro shop irons all that out and and, and it's kind of me now what i do is i just challenge him and i challenge the team and i keep pushing them push 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 and when i see they're going in the wrong direction kind of bump them on the shoulder and say hey let's let's start going back the other way a little bit we're getting off course. Uh, and, and it's very much the same as what you experience. When you get talented people and they're passionate about what they do, you let them do it. The worst thing I could do is, is take ownership and take complete control of it. My job is to give them feedback, positive and negative, and make sure that they're staying on course and that we're doing the best job that we can do. Man, that sounds awesome. Well, it was amazing because it was a philosophy that said, you know, and I'm trying to quote it. It was a couple years ago, obviously, but it was something to the effect of make good decisions and ask questions before you make a mistake. It's okay to stop what you're doing. If you're about to hit a questionable spot, whether it's mowing, walking, raking, whatever, if it looks like, oh, I'm, I, mm, it's wet here, should I keep going? Stop what you're doing and call somebody. You know, And it's okay, which was amazing to me. You know, the The whole, just the attitude. Everybody was just... Ready to get rock and roll. Well, what what I got of what he just said was basically it's not just a job. I mean, he is developing you as a as a person and as a superintendent as sure. well. Which I, I I hope a lot of people have that same mentality as far as developing, not just using somebody to go cut cut for you. You know, absolutely. You know, and when you talk about developing superintendents and developing talent, you know, what's the one thing that every golf course superintendent should be able to do? promote somebody i would hope it's grow grass oh well it grows itself you ha- right? well you have to you have to be able to grow grass and that's one of the things that shane is really good at he's really good at nice. growing yeah. grass and and now he's he's becoming really good at, at being a leader and being a, a manager and man when all those things come together you know somebody's going to be really lucky to have him and hopefully it's it's 
Quail Hollow, we can keep him around for a few years. But uh, a guy that talented, I know he's, he's going to get uh, snatched up soon. I'm good, yeah. Have you ever had to sit down and maybe this is a tough question. Have you ever tallied up how many assistants you've been able to help go on to further their career, whether it's become a salesperson or a superintendent or anything? Thought about Sam Fryer. There's one. Yeah, well, oh, you I know, can roll off probably five. That's why I'm yeah. just curious. Yeah, you know, there's there's those. Uh, right now, what we're really into here at Quail is, is we're really into developing assistant superintendents because it seems like that's where the void is right now in the business. There's plenty of um, superintendents seem to get their jobs and they're holding their jobs and doing a great great job. That's why they're keeping their jobs. But everybody's having problems finding assistants. So we're, we've got a good internship program. We've got a good AIT program. And, I mean, just in the last 10 days, I've had five phone calls. Hey, Keith, we've got an assistant's position open. If you've got anybody with any talent, can you send them my way? And so that, that's what Shane and I are really doing. We're trying to teach the younger generation, get them hooked on uh, the art of greenskeeping, and then send them out there to other clubs and, uh, and, and let them do their thing. Well, it's nice that you hit on the fact that you at least got a phone call. You know, that's crazy sometimes. Anyhow, that's a whole nother conversation. But how do you, where do you get your philosophy from in terms of leadership? In terms of, you know, how you're trying to get your staff to stay positive on a daily basis and enjoy going to work and not being afraid of making a mistake? And Well, I think it's, it was through trial and error. You know, I've not always been this way. Um, there was a... Uh, Heck, man, uh, one of the bent grass, one of the Wyndham championships on bent grass, I almost quit the business because I was watching my greens die on TV. Wow. And the stress of it, it tore me up. And I was not a very nice person. I was not nice to my staff. I was not nice to my family. I wasn't nice to anybody because I was crumbling under the pressure. And um, Bland Cooper helped me. Chris Spence helped me. Kevin Redfern helped me. You know, a lot of the people helped, helped me realize that Hey, dude, you need to take a step back and look at this. And and when I did, um, and when I realized uh, who I was becoming because of the pressure that I was letting get to me, you don't need to do that. And sure. that's kind of whenever I changed my philosophy on how I want to, who I want to be, what kind of team leader I want to be, and uh, who I want to surround myself with. I think it's great because, like, you talk about the programs that you've got here, the internships, etc. And they've got, I don't even know if you've heard of it, called the Quail Institute. Mm -hmm. It's something they've started here at the club with a partnership with John Deere. And they're taking youngsters from four different genres of the club business, if you will, and immersing them in not only jobs, but education. Um, and it's been going on for a couple of years now? Yeah. Uh, so this is our second year, and it's actually three genres. So you have a agronomy fellow, a club management fellow, and a golf professional fellow. Okay. And those three fellows, they, they go into their core for about 50% of the time. And the other 50% of the time, they're either in another discipline, educating, or traveling. Wow. And so it's a really good program that's to a, develop future leaders. And that's kind of what we're trying to do. That's a heck of a program. Well, I mean, you just... So how lucky would you be if you were coming of age at this point in your career and you were able to get this version of Keith? Right. I'm 41, and I'm ready to come up here and fly my bunkers for him. Oh, it's look, it's a fun week. I mean, well, I'm talking about it on a daily basis. He's inspiring me here, and you get me motivated. So it, it's just I how get, it is here. I got to go make a video next Friday, but other than that, I can come in. Come on, bring okay. it. We'll, we'll take you. <laughs> and there's the the fly mowing here is really detailed. It's just just like uh -oh. just along the pond edges and stuff like that. So there's not a whole lot of fly mowing. It's it's a if you want to learn how to walk mow. Yeah, I would. Now, I've got miles and miles and miles of walk mowing. Maybe that's a video you, we need you, to do. After you fly mow, though, you do realize that you have to get the fine, the, the very fine netted um, fishing net out and then collect all your blades of grass that might get into the pond because there will be no grass in the water. Is this true? Tournament time, we're, we're very focused on details. All the fly mow is is upside down a weed eater with a cover. Sure, right? but where do those go? And if you're not oh, next I'm, to the pond, oh, yeah. Do we whip anything anymore? No, do we don't. Nay, nay. <laughs> no, no, we Sorry. don't. We don't whip things. No, that's what I did. Oh, we I know. squeegeed it. But I didn't know. Oh no, they actually so like they will use blowers now for right. greens ahead of time, things like that. They'll go blow. In fact, that's part of the crew, right? You'll have somebody with a blower before the mowers come onto the greens. I didn't know if whips were 
damaging turf. You know, with, I don't know. Well, it can. Yeah. So you know, you get a guy that's a little overzealous and he's really whipping it. And, you know, right. he can he can do some damage. So. Yeah, I walked on the greens here in the PGA Championship. The whips would have broke. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> the greens were those, those greens were so <laughs> solid. I had no idea. It was like probably Thursday <laughs> or Friday before I finally got up enough gumption to actually walk on a green. Yeah. And I did. I think I was on like 15 or something. I was like, "Holy cow! How did they hold the ball?" It was amazing to watch. Mm. It was lo- it was lots of fun. And that's the great thing about tournament golf is, uh, you know, we have a lot of tools to work with, and we're expected to to deliver this exceptional quality. And it's great because you get a chance to do things that that make an impact. I get to try things on the greens. I get to try things on the on the tees, on the approaches, and and have fun with it. And at the end of the day, produce something that the golf professionals really love playing on and and our members are very, very proud of. Well, I can only man, imagine with the standard of excellence that's set here, right, that it's not just tournament week either. I mean, you've got your own stresses during the rest of the year for the club events and things of that nature. I can only imagine. I mean, it's not like this place only shines for right. a week a year. I mean, it's a full-time gig I feel like with a tournament in there. There's ten things going on in here right now anyway in this clubhouse just in the three rooms touching us much right, less right. the other seventy-two thousand square feet yeah so we're, we're a small club small membership uh but it's it's used quite a bit by our members and sure. they love bringing their guests out because it's a yeah. great golf course mr fazio has done wonderful work mm-hmm. um designing the golf course and the the changes that he's made throughout the year and it, it's just a lot of fun to play do the members do they like the redesign like the front end, the back end, all those different changes, one, two, three? Yeah, for the most part, the members love it. Yeah. They love it. Uh, and you can look at the number of rounds that they're playing and see that they uh, they love this property. It's hard not to. I get lost in it every time I come out here. I just it, – it's, yeah. it's, it's like Chanticleer in a way that it's – how do you get something this beautiful inside of downtown? Yeah, there's a lot of commerce out here. I noticed driving in. I mean, a lot of commerce, at least the way I came in from 77. Sure. Big business, big yeah. business. Yeah, or business. Business. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, we're gonna throw some routine, routine questions. First car you owned or drove, both. Uh, 1981 Toyota Corolla. Nice. Two door, four door. It was a four door, and it had. Um, I don't know what those things are called. So the roof had like the vinyl. It wasn't a full metal roof. You know, it had like the back half of it was a different material. Huh. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. So it wasn't a hatch back then? No. Nice. If you could go back in time and tell 21-year-old Keith Wood some advice, what would you tell him? Don't change a thing. Beautiful. I like that. Yeah, that it was – you know, I'm, I'm that guy who uh, is out of – you know, they say you have nine lives. I'm out of lives, Yeah. which is a good thing for me right now because I'm walking a very straight line. Nice. Yeah. Because I know I'm out of lives. But it made me who I am That's and how I you had learn. a lot of fun doing it. That's how you learn, right? So that's uh, when you say that. Is that just work related, or is that personal health related? It's everything. You got yes. a good team around you now, looking out for your well being, and yep. So I think that's something that's important to note. Is that as much as you hear it from others, and Bland even referenced it, you can't sleep three hours a night and expect to go be your best version of yourself for those seven days, much less the months leading up to it, etc. So I'm glad to hear that you got a good team around you for that. Absolutely. And, you know, that, it, it starts at home. And you know that. Uh, yeah. Got a great wife and two beautiful kids. And, you know, they take a lot of stress off you when you get home and you, you just have fun. Favorite. I mean, you could really be at a stressful age right now, depending on how you look at your perspective. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could really have some stressful times right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. The kids are, they're young and they're just uh, starting to realize what, uh, what yes and no are and how they can man- manipulate that. So it is a little bit stressful, but it's a lot of fun at the same time. But they still are at that age, no matter what's going on at work that day. As soon as you open the door, it's just like the dog. They come running up and grab a leg each. And, yeah. I mean, that's it. All that goes away, right? Absolutely. You got to appreciate that. Sorry. Rapid fire. Favorite superhero growing up? Now, I got a follow up question to this, too. Favorite superhero? Wow. I was never really into the comic books, but um, golly, I, I remember loving to watch uh uh wonder woman because i thought linda carter was hot amen well amen. said yeah if you could all right if you could have a superpower what would it be flying invisibility time travel what would keith wood do 
Yeah, flying would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere. Or time travel. Golly, do I have to just pick one? I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, when you think about superpowers, uh, God, yes, I could be really dangerous if you give me a, a bag full of tricks there. All right. I, I could be naughty. I can say that. I don't know if dangerous <laughs> is the right word. <laughs> On Twitter, Wesley Bryan tweeted uh, something about a cup collection, okay? And just anybody have a weird cup collection? And we do. We've been to Disney a handful of times, and we make it a point to buy crazy cups, and we have this cabinet. So I pulled just one out and took, or I took a picture of it. Keith replied on Twitter immediately. I didn't say anything about it. It was, it was the frozen apple juice from Disney. He said, the fruit brew. He knew it. Yeah, absolutely. I've, um, yeah, I've got that movie down. You know, they, they watch it in the back while I'm driving, and, you know, I can almost recite every line. Beauty and the Beast, what a classic. See, I've never, honestly, I've never seen the movie. I'm just so hooked on that frozen apple juice when I go to Disney. <laughs> That's the first place I go. Really? That's great. Yeah, yeah. Another Disney reference. I seem to sneak one in every week. But what's, what's the funniest thing that's ever happened on the job, period? Uh, well, Any course. No, no, that, the deal with you was, was pretty hilarious. <laughs> uh, you know, at the end of the day, Gene and I and, uh, and Adam, uh, Adam Brewer, who was assistant at that oh, time. I love Adam. Yeah. Oh, God, we had, we had a good time laughing about that after the fact. So that, that's, that takes the cake, Tim. I'll be honest with you. That's Okay, um, uh, we're not going to talk about worst experience. There was a pretty bad one in our industry this week. One of our, uh, we'll just have a moment of silence, but one of our, in fact, one of our members had a staff member pass due to a heart attack here a couple days ago on the mm-hmm. golf course, and one of the assistants had to do compressions on him. So kind of living through that's tough. So we won't go down the saddest story road, but. Um, well, you know, there, there's something there because, uh you know, we deal with it all the time and, you know, with our teammates and stuff like that. Uh, um, our equipment manager, Jerry Blackwater, just went in today to have a stint put in. Oh, yeah, wow. a little blockage. He's fine now. His wife calls me to tell me that, you know, everything's good. He's out and he's going to be at work Monday. And the doctor says he's a heck of a lot better today than he was yesterday. Wow. Well, you know, come to find out, Jerry had a mild heart attack the other morning and didn't say a word to anybody. Mm. So how important is it? And you've been through it, too. How important is it to pay attention to the details of your body so that way you're being good to yourself, to your family, and to your team? Yeah. It's the things that you have to pay attention to. Sure. Well said. Yeah, I think we should end it on that good, solid advice. Right <laughs> we got to go with some positivity real quick. Let's I mean, do this it. is a happy place at Quail. You, I will say, when I left here, I was so tired and ready to just do it every day, but I couldn't have had to go home, and I missed my kids too. So. Yeah. Why don't you leave everybody with some inspiration and in, in how they could leave their teams, their courses, or their industry in a better place? Well, um, if anybody wants to get, get some experience, uh, wants to come experience what you experienced for the PGA Championship, you know, especially Carolina's members, we, um, that's our bread and butter. We want the Carolina's members to be involved in what we do here at Quail Hollow. Uh, uh, we look for volunteers every year. and. Uh, We've got a great administrative assistant, Lori Austin, who pretty much takes care of all of it. Uh, and so we send out letters to former vol- fo- former volunteers and people who've been here in the past and also uh, friends of mine. So if there's anybody who wants to join in the fun, you know, we've got the President's Cup coming up. So uh, uh, feel free to drop me an email and let me know. I'll put you on our database and we'll, we'll send you a volunteer letter and you can come experience what we do here at Quail. But, uh, you know, as far as is leading your team is just uh you know it's 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 not about stressing out about things it's about enjoying the sunrise and enjoying the sunset because chances are in this business you're going to see both on the same day and there's nothing wrong with that embrace it and then surround yourself with people who are positive ain't a big deal unless you make it one that's right man that's like the third that's so much inspiration for me coming out you got me wanting to mow bunker you know come out here mow bunkers well well, (laughs) that was a slip fly mow bunkers been take care of my body now and uh and now go motivate my kids that's the only staff i have so i'm gonna go pump them up maybe do their homework a little bit better we're in charlotte we're in nascar country any nascar people out here yeah uh jimmy johnson yeah is a member here um he does uh the jimmy johnson foundation uh they oh, do an here? outing here wow in the fall every year just just after we get done overseeding get the place cut for the first time and um yeah he's uh He's nice people. He nice. is good. My wife's going to hear that when I'm editing, and she's probably going to grab my phone and call you, try and come up here. 
I think um, I think Kevin Harvick is a member across the street over at Carmel, which he lives around here somewhere. You guys know Chief from Carmel? Uh, so he's a longtime employee over there. Uh, uh, he drives a shuttle van for us. I've met him. Yeah. Yes, you know oh, Chief. Oh, gosh. Yes, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, Chief, Hello. Chief does uh, Harvick's uh, lawn. Wow. On the weekends, and he comes over and cool. tells us about it. And uh, yeah, he he was a member at Sedgefield when I was up there before he moved down here. And he he's learning how to play and yeah. loves the game. I think I saw on Twitter he's got some kind of outrageous uh, backyard par three. Looks like twelve at Augusta replica. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you don't have to worry about that then. No. Okay. Good. Wow. Fortnite. Your kids are too young. You don't play video games, do you? No, we do not. Okay. Thank goodness. Yeah. No. No. Well, uh, Keith, thank you very much for having us here. It's a great interview. You might have to kick me out here in a little while. I don't know if I'm going to leave. It's so beautiful. Well, that's fine. Uh, you guys want some cookies? The chef makes some cookies here that are about as big as this table. One, I'm shaking my head yes. Tim's shaking his head no. No, We're going to get some cookies. <laughs> he just gave this great speech. All this processed food, plant food. I'm, uh, willing, I'm willing to try it. No, I think it'd be great. I think it'd be great. I um I just appreciate you having us up today. There's, I mean, we could probably sit here for about three or four hours with you oh, yeah. about all the different stories, but I, I just I appreciate you making the time. And hopefully when everybody's listening to this, um, Tiger's about 11 under and um, maybe winning this thing, even though he's probably not even going to come back and play. So who knows? We always love to pull for him when he's around. Yeah, no uh, doubt. This will hopefully, be- hopefully Tiger comes back this year. Hopefully he comes to Quail. Yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, I got one more funny story. It just popped in my head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a Tim story. So, the PGA Championship. Um, I didn't know this, but you're a rules guy, right? Used to be. So, um, the rules officials for the PGA Championship were very over the top about the tee boxes draining. Okay. So, if you had standing water on the tee box, you know we had a wet week. If you had standing water on the tee box and a player could not get footing, he could shut down the tournament. Casual water, right? Right, right. Is that that's in fact a rule, right? Yeah, yeah. So they were really over the top, and um, our tees weren't really draining that week. And uh, I was trying to figure out what in the world with the sand cap tees. What did we do? Well, I had the bright idea of putting a, a one-ton roller on the tee boxes a month in advance, and it worked out great, man. It smashed them down. They were nice and firm, but it got a little cocky, and I did it again, and it just really it compressed them so much they couldn't take any water. Uh, so um, the rules official is in his moment about these tee boxes draining, and I'm trying to come up with a, a way to fix this. So I've got this little hand spiker. You know, it's a little spiker. It's got like, what, eight eight pegs on it? I give it to Tim. I said, go put as many holes in that tee box as you can. <laughs> Tim and Eric. Uh, Do so. Yes. We and spiked you, three tees by hand. Wow. They're not small tees here. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Tell us about that experience there, Tim. It sucked. And and <laughs> all I said to Eric was after about three passes, because I'm already winded. I mean, that's a lot different than walking. Right. With a squeegee. I mean, Eric and I are just sweating to beat the band. And I said, hey, man, isn't this one of those moments where humans been doing this for a while? We got a machine to do this crap? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you can't, you can't go punching holes right before the tournament. Can't air fire. That's why we're doing these small little ones. We're just Okay, so second second tee. Man, ain't there some machine? No, no. That's so funny. Keith comes up finally, and we get about third, about a half of the way through the third one, and we're done. So that's it. Okay. It rains again. Mm. So we go out there the next morning shift. It was either the next morning or afternoon, and I'm doing something else blowing, and what do I see on the tee? A machine. <laughs> my hand's still bleeding from the calluses from this thing. And I'm on blood thinners at this point. It ain't stopped bleeding for two days. And they got a machine up there. No, we can't run a machine, man. I've got a story somewhat to rival that. And if you may remember, I don't know if it was still in existence, when you were in Florence, there was a part three off Casual and this apartment's now. I had a friend of mine who worked there, and it wasn't a very, it wasn't a high-end you know, operation. They had him airify the greens with a pitchfork, walking in circles. And I think he quit that day. I would have. Yeah. Well, that's basically what I asked him to do on the tee boxes, on those three tee boxes. And, yes, we did pull the machine out. And people asked me, so what was your airification schedule leading up to and during the PGA Championship? 
said, well, we, we didn't verify anything for a year until the week of the tournament, and then we, we verified a few T's during the tournament. Punched three T's during the tournament. Yeah. Oh, man, that's great. Well, again, Keith, thank you. I really appreciate it. Great interview. Thank you for having us, and I look forward to seeing you at the conference and show. Absolutely, Alan. It's my pleasure. It's, it's great meeting you, and uh, we're going to go get some cookies. Beautiful. Let's do it. Thanks for what you do, man. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Tim. All right. Well, the only problem, Alan, with this closing yep. is that we are not immediately going to the car. Nope. To get our golf clubs. I know. Mine are in the car, though. Mine aren't. Yeah. But my point is, you're going to get a cookie the size of your head instead of a round of golf at Quail Hall. I, I can deal with that. I can. Uh, I can deal with that. I think we've been nice enough to keep today that he will actually maybe have us back one day. I'm going to go back and fly mode. I'm serious. The the lakes and give me that fishnet. <laughs> you're going to need that. I can't wait. And it's a very, very, it's like one of those that you're like, how do you describe how thin the the, the netting is? You know? I would think that. Like, like a, it's even hard to drag through the water. It's so, <laughs> <laughs> they're so small. <laughs> I'll definitely put a GoPro on my head if we do that. But, but I will tell you, if, if we do that, you got to get the guy out there where it makes it look like he's. He's at a pet store. That's what I'm saying. For a big goldfish out of that pond, though. I want that little net that you clean up. That yeah, it's about like that. Yes. Well, today is May first. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, uh, watch, tune into the PGA this week. PGA Tour. Watch the where we're at. The Wells Fargo Championship. Yep. Quail Hollow. See our mutual friend Kendall Alley up there with Mr. Nance doing his uh, his thing on Sunday, doing the uh, announcements, if you will. Is he our friend? Yeah, yeah, Kendall, big fan of junior golf. Okay. Yeah, Roundtree's buddy. Okay, I don't think I met him. You haven't? Mm. Oh uh, yeah, we still duck hunting with him every year. Nice, good dude. Nice. Yeah, but he'll be in the booth typically to represent the Wells Fargo as president, if you will, of the Carolinas. Oh, okay. He's a Wells Fargo guy. Yeah, he works for Wells. Gotcha. He's the one that you know. You always watch Nance on the interview and who's right. interviewing right, or whatever. Right, right. Like, who the hell's that guy? It's like, oh, hey. I know that guy. So if they uh, if they sponsor a race, he'd be the one saying, "Gentlemen, start your engines." If it's in Charlotte, yes, yeah, most likely. I think that's unless they have a wouldn't they have like a cute girl or something do that? No, whoever the CEO of this company usually gets to. Well, guys, thanks again for listening in today, episode five. We hope you've enjoyed it. Um, don't forget to uh, subscribe, rate, review. Thank you all for listening. See you next time on Pulling Weeds. Thank you for listening to Pullin' Weeds, brought to you by Simplot. Please follow us on Facebook at Pullin' Weeds Podcast. Keep up with all your association news and events at carolinasgcsa.org.